Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then we need somebody to look up to for who working hard and that shit paying off and they stand down, bang, you yeah. know, keeping faith, whatever, whatever. Definitely look to Ed, man. So, yeah, never give up on yourself, bro. A lot of us, you know, look up to you from a distance or up close, you know, for our own inspirations and keep us motivated. So, yeah. Welcome to the Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station. I'm your host, Ed Doxon, and I want to thank you for tuning into episode 10 of the first season of the podcast. For those who've been listening since episode one, I want to truly thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting, for giving feedback, for sharing, for liking, and anything else that you've done to really, um, you know, support this podcast. Today is Food for the Soul, and we're ending it with celebrity chef Jarvis Lewis, who's reporting out of Miami, Florida. Today, we're going to talk about Jarvis, how he got his start, um, talk about some of the different dishes and things that he's prepared and get to learn a little bit more about what it means to him to chase his dreams by any means necessary. Thank you. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Hey, man. Yes, sir. Oh, great, great. Welcome to the show, Jarvis. Man, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Uh, this is the Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station. And um, this is a platform that I've been using to, you know, identify people who are getting to their dreams by any means. So, you know, it's people that I've met um, on a personal level, people, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, you and I um, met uh, through a great friend of mine, Kenny B. And, um, you know, shout I'm out to Kenny B. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Kenny, man. And, you know, he, he raved about you know, not just the food that you provided with him and this group when they were down there, but the hospitality and the good energy that you provided. So, you know, I thought you would be perfect person to bring on the show and talk about um, yourself, the business and what you have going on. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So, you know, what we do in the beginning of the show is just, you know, uh, tell everyone that's listening a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you have going on, um, you know, school you went to, all those type of things. Absolutely. Um, so I am... Uh, Chef Jarvis James out of the most beautiful city in the United States of America, Miami, Florida. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I am a classically trained chef. Um, I am now a personal chef. Um, and I went to school uh, for, you know, culinary at Le Cordon Bleu um, and kind of just started my journey from there. Uh, I was given an opportunity and afforded an opportunity to uh, start my career in a very, very, very nice place, uh, a restaurant called True Lux Steak and Seafood, which is a fine dining, a casual fine dining steakhouse, crab house and seafood house. Um, okay. and, and that kind of just opened up my mind to um, accept like the caliber of where I want to perform, where I want to serve, where I want to work. And I kind of never looked down uh, or uh I never went went away from that, you know, like I, I was yeah, cultivated yeah. and conditioned in that environment. So that's what I became. Um, so fine dining is my foundation, if you will. Um, and then from there, I was given an opportunity to become an executive chef of a restaurant called Metro Organic Bistro here in Miami, um, okay. becoming one of the youngest executive chefs at the age of 22 um, in the city of Miami. Um, so from wow. that it, it kind of got circulated around the city and i was given an opportunity to do a show on the food network called food truck face off um and that was such a 
dream come true because one of the reasons why I even got into cooking was because of the fact that as a kid, I would, uh, if I wasn't watching my dad or grandfather, uh, yeah. So if I wasn't watching um, my my dad or grandfather, because they they were the cooks of the of the family. Okay. Um, I was watching Food Network and I was looking at TV, saying like, I want to be on the Food Network. I want to be the next Bobby Flay or Emeril Lagasse right. at the time. Um, and you know, it was it was just it was a blessing to be able to be given that opportunity. And what happened from that was it kind of just really grew this demand for. For my partner and I, the guy who I uh, was on the show with, so we started a, a catering business and we started uh, working, uh, doing those type of events. And I realized quickly that uh, working for myself, being a chef for myself, was far more lucrative than being a chef in a restaurant. Um, and being able to, you know, the scalability of the business was far more than what can be done in a restaurant. Um, we pursued our desire of wanting to own a restaurant. We did that. Um, after a year and a half, we shut it down. And that's when I found my avenue and my vein in being a personal chef um, and culinary instructor. And I believe that's where things really begin to change for me because I was now working in purpose versus just working in passion. And um, I haven't looked back since. Nice, nice, man. That's good. So, you know, it sounds like definitely, um, you know, I think from for, for what I just got from you, what you said in the beginning is, you know, you started off in a high quality, you know, upscale restaurant where I know a lot of chefs or just people's stories in general of how they got to where they had to get here and work my way up to things like that. So talk about, you know, how did you how were you able to, you know, start off in such a great opportunity like that? Was it networking? Was it, you know, luck, favor? How did you kind of start off in, in such a great environment? Um, Great question. Um. I will say that uh, favor is always a determining factor for a lot of the things that um, I've, I've been granted opportunities for, you know, as yeah. I'm a believer and uh, I, I really do know that God's favor is just on my life. Uh, but this opportunity came uh, by chance, really. Uh, I was in culinary school and I decided that I wasn't going to go to class. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I skipped class. Uh, for the day and I was just walking around the campus mm-hmm. and uh, the career specialist ended up running into me and this other guy and he was like hey what are y'all doing and he yeah. was like, look uh, if y'all not gonna go to class at least go to a job interview I got this uh, company they're coming to Miami they're coming to Miami opening up a new restaurant um, and they're looking for cooks and I was like okay I, n- I never heard of the company never knew anything um, he said yeah I could set up interviews for you guys for you knuckleheads uh, you know today and and he, he gave us the information and you know he set the appointment and we had an interview at three o'clock I remember the time and I remember on my way to the interview I needed to uh or before the interview I needed to come up with a resume now at this time I didn't have any experience any work experience so I said well I can't come up with a resume based on work experience but I can come up with a resume based on skill set yeah and i decided to come up uh to put to you know do comprise a a resume based on the skills that i've acquired and the skills that i i know that are my strengths and that's what i went with and on the way to the interview i'm like studying different things that i figured they would ask like what kind of sauces and this that and the third all type of stuff um and then i go there and it's this beautiful place beautiful place huge place and i'm like 
whoa, this is far more than what, you know, I imagined it to be. But when I sat down with the interview, I just told them candidly, like, listen, I don't have any work experience, but I Mm -hmm. have a willingness to learn. I'm coachable and I will work harder than everybody here. I literally told them that. And I said, if you teach me something, I'll learn it fast and then I'll be able to teach others. And uh, the two chefs, I'll never forget, they looked at each other and he said, <laughs> interview's over. I was like, what? <laughs> but at this time, I'm thinking, like, interview's over, like, go home. But it was like, no, we, 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 we need this kind of mindset. So, you know, they said, we need to go to the second part of the interview, which was like a physical test of measuring out stuff and asking different questions. I was nervous, but I got it done. And um, at that time, they didn't even hire people of my age. I was 18 years old at the time. Um, and I ended up being the youngest person they ever hired in their company. So that's wow. kind of how that happened. Um, I, it was a job that I wasn't really qualified for. Uh, but because of the favor and just knowing that I couldn't come in how anyone else could because they have experience, I had to come in with what I had, which is just a willingness to learn and be able to grow with the business. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I think that's, man, that's, first of all, that's an amazing story. And I think it's just an example of like, you know, really just being in the right place at the right time. But more importantly, you know, taking advantage of it because you could have went in an interview and you could have bombed it. Right. But, um, you know, <laughs> it sets you up uh, for success. So, you know, you said after that, you know, you became an executive chef at 22. Yes, sir. Um, And I, okay. I give a lot of credit to uh, True Lux because, I, I learned so much. I had a, I had a phenomenal chef. His name was Samir. Uh, his name is Samir Cannon. And uh, he was one of those, you know, people think that Gordon Ramsay is like a caricature. That's really how it is in the kitchen. I mean, you got chefs that are throw pots and cuss and fuss. And that's really hey, real. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing, bro, because of, so look, uh, just a real quick story. Uh, I went to a career high school for a year, Emma Washington's career high school in D.C., mm-hmm. and, you know, it was just different careers. So culinary was a focus. So uh, cooking was one of my morning classes, and we had a, a, a teacher, you know, we called him Chef. Man, I mean, Chef had a temper like no other. He would always <laughs> go off. He, he would go off. He would like, get out of my kitchen. And, you know, when you start watching the shows, I would tell people, like, you know, I think all chefs may be like that. <laughs> <laughs> but at first, as a, as a kid in high school, I'm just thinking, man, Chef is crazy. But you know, even friends that I have in culinary and even you just telling that story, I now know that that's just part of how they act. That, that's <laughs> Listen, that is how it is. And, um, man, listen, when I got there, I was so, in- I was always intimidated because I was the youngest. I was literally the baby. Uh, yeah. And and they didn't, they knew I didn't have the experience, but they treated me as if I did. And I didn't understand it fully in the beginning. I'm like, why are y'all so hard on me? Like, cut me some slack but they they never did and i'm glad they never did because it expedited my it's it accelerated my 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 growth and development and um i i I grew up in that company pretty quickly i ended up I, i ended up doing exactly what i said i would do they taught me everything i learned every station and i ended up being like a lead line cook which i then became a trainer then i became a sous chef and an expediter and learning the front of the house and i excelled with this company um, and the only reason I left was because I was given an opportunity to be an executive chef, which was a dream of mine. Um, but I, and I felt because of what I learned from True Lux that I had enough knowledge to, to do it and replicate that system in another restaurant. And it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. 
it was it was it was really really cool um because of the way I was traumatized in the kitchen I I told myself I will never be that kind of chef like I'll never be a Gordon Ramsay or yeah. a you know a Samir at the time but you know they're in the kitchen like it's it's very military illicit so right. you, you don't have time to play like when I say I need it now I need it now when I say I, this needs to be whatever the case may be that's how it is but I made sure that I didn't break people's character because a lot of times right. that happen. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> uh, yeah, and, I, and that's how I feel because you know I, I've seen it. Even I've been to a restaurant in Miami a couple of months ago, and I saw you know up close and personal. And I understand you know it's important. You are dealing with feeding people, putting food into their bodies, making it right. Mm-hmm. But I think you know you don't have to be an a hole to be passionate. That's right. something I've always attached to my leadership. Is like you know I don't have to yell and go off, and it's just like oh he's really into it. Like no, nah. you don't have to lead people that way because honestly. You know, like you said, everyone can't take that. Some people can take it and just take it on the chin, but you may lose, you know, respect or, you know, lose employees just based off of your character or your behavior. Absolutely. And I, I have to say, I was too naive at the time, too young. Um, some people would say too dumb to realize that this was abuse. <laughs> and um, yeah. I would I would lo- I would literally go home crying or I would walk away and go on a the uh the walk in and, and just cry and then get myself together and come back out. Um I can appreciate it now, but at that time, um it, it was it was a struggle. And one of the things that I'm so passionate about when it comes to this industry is really reshaping the culture. Because yeah. this culture is tolerated, but that doesn't mean it's it, it should be so. You know, like right. there's no other place really that you can talk to people this way and and not get uh, HR cases left and right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I learned from that. And even though I can appreciate it, I really can. And it toughened me up. It toughened up my skin, what you need to have in the kitchen. Um, I said, if when I become a chef, I won't be this way. I'll be hard. I'll be, you know, I don't play that, but I won't, I, I won't tear you down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, yeah, I, I think that's a good thing, man. Like I said, that's what I, you know, even from, like I said, when, when Kenny and them hosted the event, from Kenny talking about your energy, when I saw the videos and stuff, like, even your your demeanor was just different. You know, most chefs is just straight to the business cook. You know, even when I was trying to, um, you know, I reached out about, you know, planning something, like, your energy and everything was just a warm spirit, where, like, a lot of chefs, man, it's just, like, straight to the point. Like, I know sometimes you realize to a chef, hey, I'm trying to do a part, uh, you know, do an event, and it's just, you know, all right, uh, I don't serve that many people. Got to be less people. You know, got to be a certain amount of people. Like, they just kind of straight to the point. Woo. But your customer service, man, was, like, really on point. Because I, I remember I reached out to someone in Miami before and I was trying to do something. And they're like, oh, it has to be 10 or more people. And it was just like, it's like they had an attitude. <laughs> Listen, man, you you going to start something with that. I'll say this. <laughs> what I realized growing up is that we all have value systems, right? And one of my, one of the things is connection yeah i we have to realize the restaurant business is before it is a food business it is a relationship business you are literally building relationship with people because Mm -hmm. the very last step of the dining experience is tasting that's the very last thing you do is actually eat so what happens before that you're you're introduced to a person they come they serve you they introduce themselves they build relationship they build rapport and that's that's what i focus on because I mean, there's a million chefs. There's a lot of and a million great chefs that can do that can cook the same thing or even better things. But what I like to focus on is like 
you know, human to human. People buy from people. They don't buy from products. They don't buy from brands. They don't buy from popularity. They buy from people. And if you are, if you could level with them on a human level and treat them like how they should be treated, then everything else will kind of take care of itself. And um, that's who I am. That's also some of, that's a, a lot of stuff I picked up from the culture of Trulux. Uh, they have this thing where they say, if you take care of the people, you take care of the customers and you take care of your associates, the business will take care of itself. That's my mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's what I Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you said that, bro, because it goes a long way. You know, there's a spot in Margate, um, uh, Shangles, and I actually interviewed the um, chef there uh, was that, uh, a couple of days ago. But long story short, you know, they sell amazing Jamaican food. They sell smoothies, punches, all those different type of things. A nice, healthy spot. Mm-hmm. But beyond the food, you know, me and the, the cook, we've built a relationship. So when I come in there, you know, we're talking. We're talking about Jamaica. I'm talking about my career, my life. Like she's giving me advice on relationships, just all different types of stuff. Right. So, you know, I'm glad to hear you say that the connection is key because there have been some restaurants that, man, the food may be a one, but if I go there and have a bad experience, if it's either with a, a waiter, a waitress, the owner, the host, whoever, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna come back. Right. I'm not gonna come back. I'm gonna spend my money somewhere else. And um, that that goes into you know my next question. I I think you kind of already answered it, but I think. That is your competitive advantage because I was going to ask you, you know, as you mentioned, you're from Miami, you're working in Miami. Miami is a place where, you know, there are tons of chefs, tons of restaurants, all those different type of things. So what do you do beyond a connection piece to kind of, you know, keep your brand, you know, setting your brand apart and having that competitive advantage against all the other restaurants in Miami? Okay. Um, Man, I really like your question. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, look, man, I, I work in I work in HR, so I had some time in recruitment, so I know my questions probably come off like a lot, you know, real deep. No, I love it. That. I love it. This is phenomenal, man. This is phenomenal. Uh, kudos to you, man. Um, so one, I guess, a couple focuses that I have is, um, I'm a personal chef. So before I'm a chef, I need to be personable, right? Um, so I, I really focus on creating personal and personable uh, interactions with the client. Like I, I do get a lot of feedback from um, clients and, and potential clients that speak on, man, your customer service is A1. I, man, I love how thorough your communication is. I love how you talk. I love how you make me feel. I've, I've, I've had grown men say, man, you make me feel like a like a king. Like you make me feel yeah. like I'm in. And that's what it's about. So I focus on that. Um, and I also, I focus on a very specific demographic. I know who I want to serve and I know who I want to be while serving and I make no apologies about it. So I target my demographic, my pool, my, my avatar, my client, those, those, and I I don't focus on trying to get everybody. I just focus on getting my people. Um, and, and that is, um, that has been. Uh, a catalyst in my my understanding of business um, and the way that I function as a business owner because I realized, and this thing helped me realize that there's an audience for everybody. And if I can Absolutely. build community with my audience, then I'll always have business. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the food, the food is, I don't focus on the food. I only focus on the food when I'm cooking. That's yeah. the only time. And I understand that because I do have uh, a more refined look, a more refined taste, a more refined, um, uh, you know, just kind of a setting 
that's what I stick with. And people like that. People, they feel like they've gotten a real five-star, quote-unquote, you know, fine dining experience. And that starts from the moment we communicate to the moment I cook, to the moment I serve you, to the moment I clean up, and the moment even after to say thank you for even your consideration for this business and, and, and allowing me to serve you. Because that's what it is. I am a glorified servant. Anybody in the hospitality world, a chef, a maitre d', a, a restaurant owner, manager, whatever, you're here to serve. And I, I never let that go outside of my peripheral. Like, I'm always thinking I'm here to serve. And I believe that is what sets me apart. And that's what extends, you know, uh, a little bit of my name before someone will choose some, someone else, you know? Yeah, man, absolutely, bro. I think that's, you know, key because, you know, even myself, I'm in the process of, I mean, even, you know, I'm starting another business like in the skincare lane, but even with this podcast, you know, people ask, you know, hey, what's the goal or what's next or what do you want to do? And I'm like, hey, even if I have 20 listeners every week or every month, like that's fine with me. I just want to make sure I'm pleasing the people that are supporting. And I think, you know, like you said, that's a longevity thing because you can have, you know, 500 supporters, thousands of supporters, but, you know, usually it's we have that many so quick it's like a wave so when that wave runs out they may jump on to the next right. wave. but when you have you know those dedicated 100 followers or 200 whatever the case may be they're gonna stick with you you know forever i tell people it's like that with music artists there's some music artists who will never be superstars but they've realized that okay i'm gonna please this fan base right here and they probably uh, you know had like a 10-year career but they're doing their thing and you know focus on who they gotta please so that's um i think that's very important like I'm glad you said that, bro. And it's, it's, you will make you listen. A lot of people, I, I tell people this when they get into business, like when you focus on providing value to your community, one, finding your tribe, which is, which is important because we're all tribal people, right? We're all community driven. You find your tribe, you build your tribe, you give to your tribe. You can make crazy money and you can have and accumulate crazy success from trying to serve a hundred people effectively versus a hundred thousand. It's, 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 it's crazy how that math works, but it's, it's really true. And I I learned something. um, I forget the guy who created it, but it's called a thousand raving fans. Right. And he says, instead of trying to have like hundreds of thousands or millions of, of, of people that like your stuff, just try to focus on building a community of a thousand and really really blow their socks off and 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 just give 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 and you will always be in business and i'm it's starting to to look for my life and my business to be true and i think it works for just like the example you gave about my artists who know okay i may not be this big mega star and whatever the case may be but i i'm important here i have a value placement here and they focus on that and their careers are long their careers are long. The money is long. You know what I'm saying? It's really a great opportunity in that. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure, man. I, I think it's, um, I think that's just so important because I think sometimes people are worried about, you know, like we, we and it makes sense. Don't you know, get me wrong. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers don't. But sometimes I think people get so focused on the, you know, from the Instagram right. to the million followers to the, you know, amount of people that are supporting to the views and it's in the third. But it's really just about, like you said, pleasing that fan base. Because I think, you know, um, are you familiar with Gary Vee? He's somebody I listen to quite often. Yeah, so I, I've uh, I actually started watching him, you know, when him and Nipsey did an interview together. Mm-hmm. And I watch a lot of his other content. But, you know, he says something where, like, you know, today 
you know, the society and the times that we're in, he's like, you know, you have the, the, the power to just put things out there, create things. And you say, you know, these things may not catch wind of someone to maybe a year or two later, but you already have it set there. So saying that for you is that, you know, four or six months from now, you may get a call from a billionaire to say, hey, I want to invest in your company. But you've already, when you come to this billionaire, it's like, okay, you're going to help grow the brand. But how about this? I have 1,000, you know, MVP supporters who follow this brand who's going to buy the food, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So um, that, that's important. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to just take that as you spoke that in my life. So I'm expecting yeah, a hey, billionaire I, man, to call you, me in four to six months. <laughs> And I'm gonna say my guy Ed, he called it, and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to send you a nice little donation. For sure, man. And um <laughs> another thing, you know, I wanna ask. So I've been looking at the page, looking at the food, man. It looks amazing. Thank you. And you know, myself right now, I'm on this 75-day hard challenge with Kenny, um, my uh, uh one of my friends Silas, Tony, and we're all like, you know doing this challenge where we, you know, not eating certain foods, working out and all those type mm-hmm. of things. So, you know, today. It's really popular with the vegan, the healthy eating, the clean eating, the plant-based. So how do you cater to that? You know, um, because I, I see you do have a wide variety of different mm-hmm. meals. But, you know, at the end of the day, us as black folks, we want some real soul food <laughs> down the bone. So, you know, um, do you kind of have a balance between that traditional, you know, food as well as a healthy food? Or how do you kind of, you know, uh, play that into your business? Um. So, I'll, hey man, I'm sorry because look, I'm looking at this mac and cheese right now <laughs> on your page, bro. Oh my god! You know it's funny. I make it. Uh, I make it catch some flack from this. Um, as a very, very proud black man, I do not cook soul food. Oh, I really? do not cook soul. F- I mean, I do comfort food. Is you know, I mean, I do like Max and stuff like that, but I, I don't really cook soul food like that. Um, the genre yeah. of soul food. But as far as the balance, um. When it comes to like very specific dietary things, um, you know, I cause I come across clients that are like, okay, I don't eat this, I don't, you know, I'm this gluten free, and blah blah blah, um, and you know, you accommodate and you 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 fulfill their their request, but when it's something that's like more targeted, more specific, then I just refer them to um, my brother, uh, who is also a chef, but he focuses on like real healthy eating and he does like meal prep it's called press meals and um he's a personal chef for for that specifically so when they want that and i'll just send them to my brother um uh, but there is there is a balance because i like food that uh i like to make food that looks good and feels good um and it's going to continue to make you feel good even after you eat it um sometimes it can be indulgent but I, I'm 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 pretty mindful of uh, what I'm putting in it, and and most people, you know, like I have menus, but people pick what they want to eat, and you know, sometimes right. when they're when they're celebrating, maybe for that day they don't care about how many calories they're eating or how much cheese and butter and this that and the third and all the all the good foods we shouldn't be indulging in. Um, yeah. But I think it it kind of just works out based on whatever the client needs are. Um, Mm-hmm. I think I kind of stay in this vein of a balance between like comfort food, but also conscious food of, you know, being conscious of, of health. I think it's a, I think it's a pretty uh, solid balance between the two. Yeah. Yeah. No, cause I was going to say, I, I see, you know I mean? You're from Miami. So of course, but I see the, 
the seafood option, which I'm a huge seafood yes, fan. Sir. You know, a lot of seafood is protein and not as bad as, you know, maybe some of the fried foods. But, okay, just wondering because I noticed that now, you know, I mean, I remember one time, bro, this was probably was maybe like three years ago, four years ago, man, I was dating this vegan. And I was like, man, we ain't going to work out. I was going to say, I'm were like, you miserable? <laughs> yeah, I was like, look, we ain't going to work out. Like, I mean, we go out. She's like, oh, I got to go here. I got to go there. Man, she would be looking at ingredients and stuff I'm eating. I'm like, look. And I'm a, and I'm a health-conscious person that likes to eat mm-hmm. healthy. But going to that, nah, sometimes, you know, when I break, I'm going to break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break. And, and that's why I, I practice eating healthy because we were talking about this last night in my chat. I'm like, look, when I let go, I let go, man. That was me over Thanksgiving. You know, I let go for Thanksgiving, went to D.C., grandmother had banana pudding, all the oh, crazy man. stuff. Man, I got back to Broward. I was eating bad for the whole month of December, bro. <laughs> that is crazy. But I understand it, man. I understand it. I, man, I should have took took up that challenge with y'all and KB. But I'm I'm, I'm, I'm kind of doing yeah. the same thing because, uh, you know, health is wealth, man. It always has been. Yeah. Such a need for it now. And I'm like. You know, you be working these jobs, and they're typically anywhere between eight to twelve hours. You standing, you cooking, you serving, mm-hmm. you doing all this. I'm like, man, I need to take it easy on my knees. I can't be carrying all this, all this weight. No, yeah. not for sure, bro. And um, yeah, man, you know, before, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you too. You know, but beyond the um, beyond the uh, you know, the dedicated supporters, the followers, and people that you serve in South Florida, I noticed in your bio you have celebrity chef. Um. What would you say, you know, out of the different celebrities that you serve, what was the most memorable experience if you're able to share who that person was? Um, yes. Let's see here. And if I'm not mistaken, I saw on your page, are you, you cooked for Ari Lennox before? Ari Lennox? No, yeah. no, no, not yet. Oh, it's it's a it's a it's a lady on your page that looks just like Ari. <laughs> I know bro. exactly who you're talking about because I'm, I'm Yeah, asking, like I thought that was Ari. I've some questions <laughs> about it before. Um, okay, so I mean, it's weird, right? Because some a lot of these, a lot of my high profile clients, like it's all like NDA stuff, you can't even talk about it, which sucks because I've been wanting to show the world, yeah. like, look who I just cooked for, right? That's what I asked, <laughs> like, if you're able to share. Um, I believe my most memorable experience was, and he's not even, I mean, I guess he's a celebrity, but he's he's just a he's he's a billionaire CEO, his name is Jack Abraham. Um, okay. and I just actually recently cooked for him, uh, not too long ago. Nice. And it was my first time being hired or contracted by a billionaire. This he's the uh, CEO and founder of Hims and a hedge fund called Atomic, out in California. Um, and he's he's I mean he's, and you know, in shoulders with like Elon Musk and all these really cool tech guys. Guys, big, big dog. That's he's a big dog. Yeah, he's a big dog. He's a big dog. Um, and what what was cool wasn't necessarily him per se, uh, but it was it was just being introduced to another level of service, and um, it was memorable because it showed me, or at least I believe I t- I took it as like a foreshadowing of the type of clients I want to attract, the type of clients I do attract, um, and how my service seamlessly uh, falls 
with 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 those kind of people. It was just it was really different, you know, what I man. To to pull up to a house and you got armed security all over the place, high tech cameras, oh, wow. Oh, uh, wow. you know, like probably. And I've I've cooked in I cook in a lot of mansions, a lot of huge homes, and it was probably uh, the biggest home I've ever been in. Um, which was a it was like in in, in whatever I, I don't think I could talk about the house, but it it was like just huge. And um, that was probably yeah. the most memorable just because of, like, all that it entailed. It was super, like, stressful and people watching what I'm putting yeah. in the kitchen, what I'm putting in the pots, and they need to inspect everything and all that stuff. I just, like, it was it was cool. It was stressful, but it was cool. Oh, man, that's that sounds like um, I'm thinking about when I went, I went to see Farrakhan at a church in D.C. one time. And I'm coming in and they checking this man. Man, they asked to check the chapstick. Wow, man, that's crazy. <laughs> they said, yeah, man. They said, yeah, they asked to check the chapstick. They said, yeah, man. You know, we had one one time someone took some chapstick and tried to put some type of poison inside of it. I said, wow, but that sounds like a great experience, bro. And um, I, I guess you know after that, what, what was the reaction? Everyone like loved Ooh. it. It was, it was, but it was, it was, that's good. <laughs> it was the weirdest reaction, right? Because, um, a lot of times you get people that talk and tell you how much they love the food. And then you just got people who they just eat everything. Like they clean, they clean their plates. And honestly, that's, that's the best compliment you can give a chef. And he was doing dinner for him and some of his guests and some high profile person that came in. uh, And he literally like annihilated his food and was starting to eat other people's plates. And he was just (laughs) like, yep. Yeah, buddy. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no nah, that's solid bro that that's what's up man and i know you know i always tell people you know one thing about just south florida miami and really anywhere but really miami and that's one thing i was kind of upset when the pandemic happened is that it's the type of city where man you could just meet the right person in your life to be yes. changed forever yes like that yeah your life could be mm-hmm. changed forever like because there's so much so much wealth down there you know i mean you know me like i i'm in pompano so people think of popping or they just think of the bad side, but I tell them like you know you go up the street, man, there's so many million dollar homes Wait, you're right in on that Pompano? beach. That's where my, that's yeah. where my restaurant was. <laughs> it was in Pompano. Yeah, uh, right off of Atlantic. Uh, we were like basically in between the Turnpike and 95. Bro, are you talking about on Atlantic? Uh, I believe so. It's 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 the rooftop building. Um, Oh, see, I thought so. I'm Atlantic at 31st. I'm like, I'm right near like Coconut Creek, but I'm trying to think. You said on Atlantic, so you're probably talking no, closer no, to the beach. No, not closer to the beach. Like I'm, um, I was probably a mile and some change east of Lions, and yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, nice, nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, the no, the yeah, no, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Kaya <laughs> City or the Noya. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Kaya City exactly across wow, the street. Wow, yep. that's crazy, man! I didn't, I didn't know you were. Yeah, um, I didn't even know you were down here. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 man. So it's um, it's a Pompano, you know, South Florida. It's something I've I've fallen in love with. But honestly, you know, beyond the weather, you know, being from mm-hmm. DC where it gets cold, beyond the weather, I tell people the best thing that I love about South Florida is the food, man. And you know, you are one of many people that are a prime example of that. It's like wow, great food. Wow, wow, that's that's it. that's saying something. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, man. So, you know, man, before we close out, uh, give you some time to give your drop, you know, tell people where they can find you, website, Instagram, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Well, for those who just catching on, it's Chef Jarvis James. You can find me on Instagram at I am Chef Jarvis James. 
or you can go online at JarvisJames.com and you can see all the services I provide, personal chef services, one-on-one cooking classes, which is booming right now. People want to learn how to cook. Um, and yeah, man, you can follow me. I follow back. I inter- I interact. I engage. I love people. So let's join and uh, let's make this family bigger. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on the show again, bro. We're going to stay connected and we're definitely going to do some business together. I'm thinking maybe April or May. Um, I want to kind of get my mom and some people, you know, to come down and um, try to have like an experience, man. So absolutely. Keep man. Me in Thank mind. you for having me <laughs> and blessings to your show, bro. I love it. Love what you're doing and uh, definitely look forward to connecting with you. All right. Man. All right. Appreciate that, brother. All right. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station, where hustle plus faith equals success. Stay tuned for the next episode.